0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: Yeah, totally. I I smelled it for one because I love the smell of like like a vinyl and like freshly printed paper. Um, and then f- like kind of felt it and like looked at the vinyl because it's a cool variant. It's like a black and gold variant. Um, and then just play it finally, and then just kind of reflecting on how I got there. And it's crazy to think that all that, I don't know, like, I guess some artists are different, but all that suffering or all that shit you put into making that is just now this. So it's kind of crazy to like contextualize it in that sense that all those years and years of just fucking in the studio, grinding, like suffering in your life, just putting everything you have into something and holding it in your hand like this is just, a really interesting feeling hey what's up Vox and Hops
0: heads I'm Matt the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast brought to you by Sound, Talent, Media and Evergreen Podcasts where I sit down with fellow metal musicians talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers I hope you had a killer weekend I most certainly did this Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter and if you are ever in Montreal and you are looking for an amazing metal show to go to trust me Heavy Montreal will have you covered I'm Beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hoffspital podcast. Did you get a chance to check out the brand new Cryptopsy song? I hope that you did. It is now available on all streaming platforms. It is the first single coming up from our first album in over 10 years called As Gamora Burns. I am so excited to finally talk about the brand new Cryptopsy record that's coming out on September 8th via Nuclear Blast Records. Do it. Go check it out if you haven't yet. If you have, check it out again in abeyance. It's available on all streams. Platforms. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops metal podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. More than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves tech death, well, you should absolutely let them know that the Vox and Hops metal podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you would encourage one of your tech death loving friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate now today on the podcast i'm very stoked to be with justin mckinney of the zenith passage get ready everyone this is vox and hops episode number 421 i warn you what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed Hey, what's up everyone today i'm very stoked to be with justin mckinney of the zenith passage uh, justin uh, we've known each other for quite some time uh, we hung out for a few weeks back in 2017 on devastation on the nation when cryptopsy was headlining playing none so vile in its entirety uh, you were out with the the faceless for half the tour so shreddy bear was replacing you malcolm who subsequently then became a vox and hops alumni from inferi and then you popped into the tour halfway through which must have been a difficult thing to do because like, the vibe of the tour is already happening uh, how how did you approach that let's start with that question how how did you remember that popping in halfway through devastation of the nation and having to sort of like meet everyone and be friendly with everyone like in the cryptopsy camp let's say because i'm sure you knew everyone else on the tour except for us
1: yeah um i remember that was the original plan but it was uh it ended up that, that tour ended up getting canceled. Um, that's right. Remember? <laughs> yes.
0: And it was exactly that whole thing. That's true. That so was so a whole was thing. Malcolm was there to yeah. replace you. And then Malcolm ended up selling merch is what yeah, happened. Yeah, I did
1: merch. And then it got to a point where I was supposed to leave to Europe to do a festival in Spain. And of course that got canceled.
0: That's it. So, so that's, you were both there and Malcolm was selling merch and then it was only halfway through I think it was in Reading, Pennsylvania when we realized yeah. who Malcolm was and we were like, Oh shit. And like Malcolm <laughs> let himself go a little bit that night and opened up and was funny as fucking hell. Cause he was very quiet that whole tour. So, uh, now it's all coming back to me. How are you doing since you then? Know, it's been six years at this point. um, What's life been like? How you doing? Uh, You just cracked a beer? I like that. I just
1: cracked a beer, dude.
0: Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives and music while sharing craft beers. What do you got right there?
1: This is an offshoot beer from L.A. It's a relaxed, hazy IPA nice oh yeah
0: you pour that on. on my side i have a special beer that uh was given to me by a good friend drew stevens uh, who is one of the owners of Kanawaki brewing Kanawaki brewing makes cryptopsy beers and uh there was a paper oh, yeah. label on this as i carried it home from la canette where i store my beers uh and i lost it but i found online what the beer is it's their golden gate it's an 8.2 percent mixed cultured A brew that was aged in red wine barrels with wine musk and hascap berries. This was uh, brewed for their anniversary, I want to say. And uh, totally funny, Um, Drew Stevens literally just texted me. we are living uh, in a simulation. I can't make this shit up. I'm going to crack this, and I would love to hear about your very first beer.
1: Yeah, this is uh, just a hazy. It's from Placentia, which is East L.A. Um, It tastes great. I don't know what's in it. It's just a hazy IPA. It's very citrusy. I'm going to just drink it. Just drink it. Just enjoy it. Take me
0: back to your very first beer, though. Do you remember the first, first sip of beer you ever had in your life? That first illicit golden liquid that probably wasn't that delicious as they tended to be. It was a Bud Light. Really? What's that story?
1: Uh, my my dad was drinking Bud Light, and he had one in the fridge, and he went away to go to work. <laughs> and I, I drank one as a kid. <laughs> And how 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 old were you at this point? I think I was like fourteen. Or okay, something. yeah. I mean that's
0: legal in some countries. Yeah, and it's about light, so it should just be legal. Uh, how how did it go down? It was cold, so it was pretty smooth. It wasn't as brutal as if it was like a piss warm one.
1: No, it was uh, interesting. I remember it was like an interesting flavor. I was like, oh, this is why people drink this. Like, I don't get it. But then I got buzz, and like, oh, okay, I see why people do this. And
0: I say it all the time. It's like metal. That first time you hear metal, you're like, what is this? Why do people like this? Why are they moving? And then you're like, oh, you get that high from it. And then the experience of it. And then you just want more and more of it. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, really good. That looks, that looks delicious. They've been fucking around with this. Um mixed culture, where they blending barrels, stuff. And the hascap Berries gives it a nice little sweet thing. It's whiny. It's not too much. It's not like vinegary. It's, it's really smooth, wild. Uh, the oakiness of the red wine is very nice. Cheers uh, to Canawakie, and cheers to you for hanging out.
1: I could smell that beer from here, I swear. <laughs> it's fruity. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> take me to the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What did your parents' or guardians listen to?
1: My dad was like really in the rush and like a lot of the classic rock, so I was I was hearing a lot of um like Black Sabbath, like uh Allison Chains is a huge one that was always playing. Um Smashing Pumpkins, uh Metallica. So A C D C my nice. my uncle was a huge A C D C fan. He was in an ACDC cover band. So Really? What what did he play? He played guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've been surrounded by like I guess, rock and metal for a good portion of my life. So I guess that's why I do this. <laughs> I like that. Well, at what point did you bring something at the
0: house and expose it to your parents and expose it to your family? And what was the reaction to this new entity in the household?
1: I don't know, like... So I guess something they probably hadn't heard was like corn. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my dad thought I was possessed by the devil for listening to it for some really? reason.
0: Really? that's so funny. Cause Alice in Chains is not that far, you know, and black Sabbath is not that far.
1: Not at all. But for some reason, I guess cause it was newer metal and it was, uh, you know, not something they'd heard before. Uh, they probably just associate it with some sort of Satanism, Satanism. which is yeah. yeah, really, really weird. But anyway, yeah, I guess, uh, that was the first interaction. My dad wasn't really into it. Uh, he'd, I remember it got to a point. Uh, he broke my CDs, my untouchable no CDs, way. which I was so bummed. I was like, "Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, or something." It's because he caught you drinking he, that beer. That's why. <laughs> that's probably why, dude. He's like, "You son of a bitch!" This is like, this look is what it. this satanic music has
0: made you, Dan. I was looking forward to that beer after work, and you drank it. <laughs> but yeah, it yeah actually, yeah. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> But uh, since since he was so into music and stuff, breaking a, a music CD, is, it's like a big consequence. It's like something like, you must have done something to, to, to merit like a massive consequence, such as destroying something that he's also passionate about, albeit he wasn't interested in that genre.
1: Yeah, he was just, I don't know, he's just, he was just on one, probably. He uh, I can't remember the exact stipulation, but it's probably just because I was being a... Uh one of those just rebellious teens, and then I'm sure something happened and he broke it. But I, I got another one like a week later, so it's all good. <laughs> Try to do that
0: now with the the digital world, parents. Uh, I know it's crazy. You'll you'll have to find different consequences to to, to scar your you children.
1: Gotta, <laughs> you got to put a like a a block on their phone or something. Yes. it's crazy the world we live in, right? Like, like there's no physical medium anymore for music. And I, I feel like kids. Like like ten fifteen y- years younger than us, like maybe not have the same, I don't know, appreciation for it because they can't hold it in their hand, you know. Like reading the liner notes and everything, a hundred
0: percent. And we, you know, what's funny is that we, have, you're you're doing it right now for the Zenith Passage, <laughs> Datalysium, So you definitely put together like a liner note. You put all this extra effort into checking the graphics and making sure it's perfect for a minimal amount of attention. As opposed to 10, 20 years ago that that piece of of medium of connectivity to the band is going to receive.
1: Yeah, totally. We actually just got our uh, copies in yesterday for the record, too. So, like, being able to open it and feel it and, like, see it in a physical space is, like, kind of like a feeling that is kind of unmatched. Especially when you've been, like, you know, busting your ass on the record for so long to just be able to hold it is just like a really... Like one of a kind experience. What what how, what goes through your mind when you do that?
0: Because uh, I had a similar experience this week, and uh, was it like next, or was did you actually <laughs> take the time to to embrace and 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 uh, like revel in this feat? Because creating a record getting a record label behind it um putting it out and and having everything happen and have it all line up is a lot of work did you did you did you take some time to to feel appreciative that that the stars aligned and allowed you to do this
1: yeah totally i i smelled it for one because i love the smell (laughs) of like like a vinyl and like freshly printed paper um and then like kind of felt it and like looked at the vinyl because it's a cool variant it's like a black and gold variant um And then just play it finally, and then just kind of reflecting on how I got there. And it's crazy to think that all that, I don't know, like, I guess some artists are different, but all that suffering or all that shit you put into making that is just now this. So it's kind of crazy to, like, contextualize it in that sense that all those years and years of just fucking in the studio, grinding, like, suffering in your life, just putting everything you have into something... And holding it in your hand like this is just a really interesting feeling.
0: It's 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 extremely special. The the relationship that we have with our material, with with our our what we pour into it, to simply just become a folder in our life. Yeah, and then there's it's weird, the isn't it? The next folder, and then there's the previous folders, and then the we do it to ourselves, and the public definitely does it to us. Is Weighing those folders against each other, which is crazy.
1: (laughs) Insane. It's insane to like, think like the amount of time that goes into that. And it's just, yeah, it's like
0: a folder and 25 seconds. Someone gives it most of the time nowadays and
1: they're like next. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. dude. Like it just boggles my mind, but Hey, whatever, dude, it's not for everyone, but still like, yeah, for everything to be put into one compact thing is just a wild concept to think about. Well, you're killing it, and I'm
0: excited for the the new stuff coming out. Uh, July 21st, via Metal Blade, um, uh, Lexi Contagion just blew my mind, and I was watching it late at night, and I think I was like, I'm going to write Justin and set up a chat. So here we are. Um, (laughs) Take me back to your very first show. Do you remember the first show, the first live music experience you ever uh, experienced, the first show that you attended?
1: About the first one. There's been so many. I guess the first one maybe have been Garth Brooks, maybe? (laughs) My mind is blown. You know how many times Garth Brooks is coming up on the podcast in the past
0: three months? It's unbelievable. Really? goth brooks dude it's like the fourth or third or fourth time and i just can't get over how many times it's so funny so so definitely like early 90s he was massive so so that
1: he was a punk rocker dude he like destroyed his acoustic guitar on on stage it's sick so so what what, what was that what was that vibe like were you already
0: playing at that time and did you start playing because of your uncle um and was your uncle there with you at the show how, What what is this experience of going to see garth brooks
1: so I, I grew up on a horse ranch. I'm here right now. Um I don't live there anymore, but um full circle. I yeah, I grew up on a on a horse ranch and my grandparents are heavily into like, you know, horses and they were cattle ranchers. Um so I grew up in like a very like cowboy ish kind of uh kind of community, I guess. So I was wearing boots and spurs and all that shit, and then uh, they were huge into country music, so when Garth Brooks came to Fresno, uh, Fresno, California, we ended up going, and I remember seeing, I think that must have been the first time, I was really young, I was like eight years old. Wow. So, that was probably before I played guitar. I mean, I probably held one and, you know, fucked around on it, but I didn't really know what I was doing.
0: (laughs) Damn. That's cool to take a massive show like that at eight years old. Was it? It must have been intimidating yet exciting. Yet, we're, we're I guess the music was playing in the house. So you must have known some of the tunes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Need a couple of them because, like, I was, they grew up on that stuff here, like with uh, Brooks and Dunn and George yes. Strait and Garth Brooks and everything. It's kind of just everywhere around here. Um, but yeah, like, I guess, like, technically, if you really want to say my first concert was when I was in the womb, when my mom, she went to go see Van Halen. Hell yes. In 88. So I guess technically this that would This is why be... you do
0: what you do. This is it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something I've never asked anyone and I've never
0: had the experience to ask it is um, we see, like... Cowboys being tied to country music. Um, how do like horses react to different styles of music? Have you experimented with this? Do do horses like freak out if they'd hear metal? I would imagine they're, they seem very, very sensitive creatures. So I I, I don't know. How they would react to listening to the Zenith Bastards, let's say.
1: I haven't really played Winnie. Winnie's our last horse up here. She's really old. She's a 32 years old horse. And I don't think I've played any death metal in front of her, but I do play guitar up here a lot outside and she comes up behind me. So I don't know. Maybe she's interested. Interesting. Um, Also the cows, there's a lot of cattle and they're pretty interested by the sound too. So I don't know. Also, I don't know if you've seen those videos of like, like a girl will be singing in a field and then these, all these cattle just come up Mm. behind her. And kind of, and kind of, it's pretty, pretty interesting. I always wanted to try that, but, (laughs) but yeah, I guess they're, they're not too like thrown off by it. Mm -hmm. I I had to ask.
0: (laughs) How about your very first time on stage? Do you remember your first show?
1: Yeah. My first show was with this band in high school and we played, we played at another high school at their high school, my friend's high school, uh, during their lunch period or something in the quad area. And it was it was horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were nervous or because you played bad or I just didn't. First of all, I don't I don't remember some of their old catalogs, so I didn't really play. (laughs) And I just stood there. Uh and then and it was like a new feeling like performing, like I had never performed in front of anyone. So it was Mm. yeah, that was very interesting.
0: (laughs) Take me back to the guitar, picking up a guitar you mentioned at eight that you probably had held one and played around with it at what point did the guitar become such a big part of your life?
1: I guess like when I really started giving a shit about it was when I was in like my early teens my uh my uncle was a guitar player and then my 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 other uncle on my dad's side he was a drummer, so also in the a c d c band or no totally separate because my my dad's side of the family lives in like Alabama in the South and then my mom's side, uh, which is here in California. So I was like spending time between both sides of the family and picking up, you know, different sides of the music spectrum from both of them. And both of them were into rock and metal. So it kind of, I guess, was motivating on both ends. So, uh, my uncle Mike, my late uncle Mike, he, he was the one who kind of showed me the way like to like metal and rock. He like had all the guitars and got me really interested in guitar. Like we picked out a guitar, my first guitar with him. Um, and then I don't know. I just kind of started jamming with him. And then when I was back in Alabama, I jammed with my other uncle who was a drummer and I'd learn like, I'd kind of just try to pick up on like Alice in Chains. And I remember we'd always like jam Alice in Chains and I tried to just jam with it as much as I could. That's so cool. So, I was at a young age just just jamming with a drummer. So it was uh, it was just kind of, I guess, natural for me to just continue doing it because everyone else in my family was kind of doing it. So, yeah, I don't know. It made it really easy to keep going. Yeah, if there's like support and, and you
0: see that music is more than like lessons or being great, there's like a, a funness to it. I think that's an important thing to learn at a young age as opposed to no shade I guess is the word to anyone that's been trained classically because a lot of that is perfection and you have there there's like not much fun there's no like creative endeavor of it it's you must be like a performance robot and and it can i can i can feel that being stressful like the um, what's that there's a japanese um a japanese technique where you teach kids how to play violin oh the suzuki method thank you like that you know it seems fun but it seems very serious at the same time and the kids just slay but
1: yeah it's like through colors it's interesting it's like using uh colors to identify like different notes Mm -hmm. and rhythmic and rhythmic uh motifs and stuff so it's like really i think it's pretty interesting um I wish we could have learned it that way because it seems like it's a lot more effective than the way that we do it out here. Well, <laughs> mm. so we could bring it over. We we can we can start something,
0: Justin. <laughs> uh, at what point did you like start putting bands together and um, taking it like out of the 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 jamming aspect, the the cover aspects, and start composing your own music?
1: Well, I guess yeah. I was that high school band, uh, makeshift armada, is what it was called, <laughs> um, and it was like a metalcore-ish kind of band. We had no choice and back then. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like I just started figuring out how to write with people then, which was cool. And then I discovered Guitar Pro, mm-hmm. um, tablature. Like I got really into tab reading um, in, in high school, so I started figuring out how to just write my own songs in Guitar Pro, and then it kind of just took off in a whole different direction. Uh, Then my next band was a grindcore band, so a pretty big jump. (laughs) That is a big jump.
0: Uh, Back to Guitar Pro, though. Um, Were you writing stuff that was outside of your means and then had to physically catch up to what you were mentally creating? For people that don't know what Guitar Pro is, it's like a computer program that you can place the notes and then push play, and it will play them
1: perfectly. Yeah, music notation software. Yeah, it's an incredible learning tool. Um, Yeah, definitely, like, instead of, like... Trying to you know shed the lick or shed the riff, I would just input it into Guitar Pro and play it back, and then know it like okay, like I've discovered this riff now. I need to find the next riff to go off of that. So interesting. That became like my building blocks, and like now my honestly, I still do that to this day. Like I just put in the riff before I lose it, and then it's, wow, okay. it is somewhat out of reach of my plane, but. It's like all you have to do is practice it, and then you'll learn something from it. You'll make yourself a better player because you kind of have to play that song now. (laughs) 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 Wow, that's scary.
0: That's cool. I guess I sort of do that sometimes with the new record that's coming up there that there's there's certain parts that are just a little bit out of reach, and we'll see how that translates to stage but i gotta practice and nail it you're you're inspiring me justin
1: (laughs) yeah you mean you don't have a choice you gotta do it it's like shit wait i did that to myself
0: (laughs) yeah we chose we chose the right singles so if you get what i mean
1: (laughs) yeah see it's kind of funny you mentioned that the next single we're putting out uh this month in june is is probably the hardest song to play on the record and I'm, i'm like struggling to get it down right now so it's funny that
0: you mentioned that it's it's a a struggle we all live with (laughs) i think it's just and then there's like people that are like oh i can't do it oh i can't do it and certain band members who i'm not gonna name and then they sit down and they just nail it yeah exactly you know what i mean like it's that whole hype mental hype up until they actually just physically approach doing it
1: yeah and they're like well that's not that bad yeah exactly (laughs) like (laughs) earlier they're freaking out about it the whole
0: time and then two days later they're just nailing it uh Elysium's coming up very soon uh i love the new the first single i don't necessarily listen to singles but you know, we toured together. I wanted to check out what Hell was yeah. going on with you guys. Metal Blade release. Love that label. Um, I think it's a good home for you guys. Uh, talk to me about uh, everything that's going on there. Let's start with working with Dave Vitero, Vox & Hops alumni. I love him. Uh, he's been doing killer work with uh, legion with uh, Cattle Decapitation, so many, so many, Arch Spire, so many, so many other bands. Talk to me about that experience. Uh, did you go and live the whole immersive experience the way that that cattle has done it the way archspire has done it uh, did you go and live on his compound i think he calls it yeah. uh, and uh, what was death that metal mayberry what was that experience like
1: yeah it was great uh, he called i remember he called it death metal mayberry but uh, we stayed in in his little red house and exactly. i called it the prison it looks like a barn <laughs> so i called it the prison barn so yeah it was fun like i had everything tracked besides like a handful of vocals um Like all the guitars were tracked, all the bass was tracked, all the synth was tracked, most of the vocals were tracked. Uh, I did all my singing parts there, and then I did, and then Derek did more parts there too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I tracked a lot of solos there, and we kind of sat and went through a lot of the mixing. And, uh, I fucking love Dave. He's one of the best dudes. Um, I, I've known Dave for a handful of years before working with him, which was cool. So we already had like, you know, a friendship to, to go off of and we vibed. It was very natural and felt like home there. Um, and he's just a guy who gets it, you know, he, uh, he's got an, like a very keen ear. He, he can hear things that none of us hear and he can like offer insight even if we don't even use it, it's like cool to hear his insight and then maybe start thinking about the part. But a lot of the melody and harmony that we use in some of the vocals was his idea, which was really cool to like to like work with Dave on that. But the guy, the guy, I love that guy. He's like he, he like totally gets the music. We all vibe like everyone. Everyone has the same like kind of music palette in terms of the metal spectrum. So it was like everyone was just having a great time. Andy's super cool. And he likes good beer. Um,
0: Talk to me about doing (laughs) vocals there. Why do you feel comfortable and confident recording guitars on your own? But when it comes to doing your vocals, why would you rather have Dave in the room pushing record and saying this is good enough? Well,
1: we we tracked about 90% of the vocals in in between my studio and Derek's studio. Um, And it just kind of... We just ran out of time, so we had to do okay. it there. But okay. now that I've I've done it, I I wish that we would have just done vocals there because mm-hmm. having having, a, his having ear. Dave yeah. there and having his ear there and maybe pushing Derek in a different direction uh, would have been cool to, to experience. So the next record, we're going to do that. But Derek and I have a really interesting way that we track vocals, so um, that's kind of the reason why we did it um, at my place. Can you elaborate on
0: that interesting way of doing vocals?
1: Well. Um, So what we do is, like, I'm sure, like, I'm sure, I don't know, like, you might do it, too, like, where you you hum out the pattern, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you find the pattern to the music, and then now you have to plug in all the lyrics you wrote into that pattern. It doesn't doesn't (laughs) take any time at all. (laughs) So, like, in doing that, some of the patterns were so complex that it requires, like, you know, a lot of of finagling and figuring out how to phonetically get those words in there. Which require to say a word that's not really the lyric, you know what I mean? so like yes, to make it come come off the tongue uh, a lot easier and fit rhythmically, you have to change the word a lot, and it requires a lot of uh, tedious tracking things that we had to do to make it happen. <laughs> so, and I didn't know if like Dave would be down for that, so I just wanted to get it out of the way and make it as smooth as possible for Dave um, having everything ready for him. Um, but I think next time we're definitely going to just do all vocals with Dave. Pure immersive, just just
0: let let him do his thing. Yeah.
1: Um, having Derek
0: join the band—it's been a while now, but new for me since we've had a chat there. I toured with Derek. I want to say Summer Slaughter two thousand and eight, and oh yeah, just just with the, he was with the Faceless at the time, and I remember like him no longer being with the Faceless and just being like sad because he was such a goddamn good frontman. Awesome oh, yeah, vocals, absolutely. and then John Firm came out, and I was like, fuck yes, this is going to be cool, and it's sort of, it's done some stuff, but it's not had the hype that I was expecting it to do, so having him with you, and having him do what, everything that's happening on Lexi Contagion, um, I was like, fuck, this is amazing, it's like Derek back in pure form, um, I, I'm very excited that he's a part of the project, so you you must be as well.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, like, being able to be in a band with him and Brandon, both people I've looked up to before the Zenith passage is kind of like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. So like growing up, listening to the faceless, like Aceldama came out and I remember exactly. it changed the way I played guitar, um, and looked at, you know, death model. Um, and then just seeing them live hundreds of times and then being like, damn, these just sounds so good. Like everyone is top notch in that band. And then now, like years later, like they're in the band, it's just kind of kind of crazy, like to, to experience that and work with them. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, you know, doing it for so long, being hammering through for, for over 10 years, almost 20 years at this point, you're a good human prolific player. You're, you're, you're bound to, to connect with other prolific players and good humans, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess so. Um, yeah, it's cool too. Cause like Derek and Brandon and I became friends like before it even talks of them joining the band. So,
0: which is important, because just, just having people come into your band is like a family. It's like a relationship. So to, yeah, to, to acclimate the, the relationship and to, to make the friendship just be a big part of being a part of the project is is something that, honestly, and I'll say it, I wish Cryptopsy had done back in 2007 to me, <laughs> as opposed to just <laughs> bringing me into the band and then bringing me on tour eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think yeah, that would have been the Sometimes you just a more... get thrown in the fire. That's totally what happened.
1: <laughs> so good for you
0: for doing that. I'm very stoked that, that Derek's a part of this. I'm excited to hear the rest of the record because I was such a big fan of those those early faceless records and John Firm. So um, talk to me about Tech Death and the evolution of Tech Death and keeping Tech Death fresh. Um, I read a statement. It's from the statement that you guys are basically just pulling out all the stops and putting everything that you've ever wanted to put into this new record. The clean vocals, the jazz breaks. Uh, the dissonant black metal talk to me about just blowing the roof off of all standards and just being extreme in a new way um keeping tech death fresh
1: well i guess my i guess my take on it is i'm not tr- i wasn't trying to write technical music for the sake of being technical which i think sometimes sure can you happen did that earlier in their career (laughs) (laughs) yes like on our last record i felt like i had something to prove so i'm going to try to make it crazy and riffy and blah 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 but this one i try to have a little more i don't know like maturity in the songwriting approach and kind of refined my songwriting and like riff writing and try not to get overboard on the riffs and just try to be a little more mature about some of the hooks and and the structure of the song and then at the same time, like, we're known for being a tech band, but it's like we're trying to do other things, too, and expand on our sound and experiment. So on this record, we did things that we probably aren't really known for. So um, which which are like a part of you guys as like humans as musicians. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's just a part of our palette, like. You know, like we get asked, we get compared to the faceless a lot, which, you know, obviously for good measure, like four of the members were in the band. So it's, it's just how it is, but, um, it's just a part of who we are, you know, like we all share the same influence, like, you know, like X, X Toll's a huge part of our influence and our palette. And, uh, you know, Alan Holdsworth cynic, like all those bands play on our music palette. So it kind of just comes out. We like pull from those inspirations quite a bit. So it comes out the way that it comes out and it might sound similar to the faceless, but it's just who we are. But, but yeah, like we tried to expand on further, further, like the, the jazz part of it. And like, maybe even like the, the more like dissonant black metal that we're kind of like Derek and I are heavily into like really gnarly black metal. Um, like I'm sure you heard on that John from record. That is really, really great record. Um, Derek pulling out some crazy shit like vocally. So Absolutely. like trying to channel some of that too on, on one of the songs, uh, it's like really inspired by like plebeian grandstand and like dust nice. and you know, like all those
0: just flexing your personalities. I like it.
1: Yeah. Just, just trying to like kind of just expand and experiment and see like where it takes us, you know, just following the thread. Is that
0: the maturity part of it is, is definitely the main reason why, but another reason why that I can see it's, it's beneficial for a band to do that, especially the Zenith passages. Since you have always been like labeled a tech death band, I find tech death has and certain bands have really not done this, but it's it's sort of just monotone. And you, you listen, and you're like, this is fucking insane. This is this is so fucking good. And then the second song, you're like, yeah, this is also also good. But it's because the 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 shock value. It like you 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 get acclimated to the intensity so you you become less and less impressed despite the fact that the technicality is still there but when you add in these other aspects to it it creates more of like an atmosphere and it creates more of like a humanistic um evolution like a ride almost so so when the technicality comes back and the brutality comes back it's so much more
1: impressive exactly exactly that's uh, i call it a death metal palate cleanser yes (laughs) yes it's like a little sorbet (laughs) Yeah. It's like having some ginger in there, you know, like you got to clear your palate. Amazing. Um, So yeah, like that's the way, like I try to think in the, in the track listing too, is it's like, I, I, you know, you get listener fatigue when you listen to this music and it's not because it's bad. It's just because it's so fucking crazy. And it's like, you want to like take it all in and enjoy every aspect of every song on that record. But like, you need a break sometimes, like, at least for me, like it might not be like that for everyone, but for me, like I need to take a break and like, rediscover that insanity at a certain point exactly. and like bring me back to it and so like your point like it makes total sense like that's beneath the massacre for me
0: I can listen I, when, <laughs> when, I, when a new beneath the, beneath the massacre a record comes out I listen to one song at a time and then I take a break and I go do something else and I come back and listen to the second song and I'm like whoa the whole time you know but I have to take a break yeah. if not listener fatigue hits me
1: exactly yeah so that's like a thing that was like highly considered in in like putting the songs together like in the the song structure like writing them um a certain way and like even spacing them out the way they're spaced out on the record like towards the end of the record it's a totally different record. It's mm, not you're on the trip. first half of the yeah. record. Interesting. Yeah, it's like a total journey. So like the midway point of the record is kind of like is that like when you
0: would flip the vinyl?
1: Yeah, exactly. On side B is where everything changes. Okay, uh,
0: where does it go? If you can tell me, I know the, we're early in the press
1: cycle. <laughs> That's all right. Um, it's it gets a lot more atmospheric. It gets more melody driven. It gets less like insane in the technicality part, but it also offers that too. Like mm-hmm. it also re- like it goes back to where it, the technicality is and the insanity is while also expanding on the melody and, like, the the big atmosphere of everything and just kind of just pushing away but also taking with, if that makes sense. It does. Um, I am very
0: interested in this next question. Now, you are typically packaged with, with tech death bands and stuff, but it sounds like, as a band, you're trying to branch out and step Like, still have your feet in the tech death world, but also put your feet somewhere else. So what would be a very cool tour package that would put the Zenith Passage in front of a whole new crowd of people, but it would still work outside of the tech death world? For myself, I wrote down before as you were talking, like, between the buried and me would be something that would make sense from what I'm hearing.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a huge BT Bam fan. I, I toured with them with Surreption, uh, when I saw Surreption and that like kind of hit one of my bucket list items. Like, even though it wasn't my band, it was like, fuck, I got to tour with BT band. Yes. But, uh, I think I fucking love Surruption. Uh, I guess a band I would really love to tour with would be like, would be Ishan's band. Hell yes. Uh, or even Opeth. Hell Yes. I feel like all roads lead to Prague or jabs, right? Like it's just (laughs) kind of feels like that's just the destination sometimes. You're going um, back to your
0: your dad's roots with the rush there.
1: Yeah. It's just always all roads lead to Prague. Uh, It's funny. Like, I don't know. I just keep, it's not like I'm trying to not, do tech, but I would also just like to not always do tech. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like pigeonholed into always having to do that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. No,
0: no. Cause there's amazing things happening in tech right now with like Archspire and NTOs. NTOs are also flexing into different areas. Um, oh, absolutely, I can definitely yeah. see you guys doing something interesting together. And it, it being something new at the same time, you know, definitely this new yeah. age of tech death. I think it's super
1: interesting. Yeah. Like it's just incorporating different music elements that aren't typically associated with, you know, traditional tech death means, you know, like, um uh, I don't know, like maybe try to sing a little bit mm-hmm.
0: on some stuff. Uh, must people, 2007, we're not allowed. Yeah. I learned I that. Know, we're still
1: kind <laughs> of not allowed. Some people don't <laughs> like it, but Hey, that's all right.
0: It's okay. They get, they get over it. Like I, <laughs> Yeah, they get over it. Um,
1: I live through but it. but Yeah, they live right through it. And also like, you know, like some of the, the black metal stuff, like it's mm. like, it's not like I'm trying to push in one direction. I just want to like explore my palette more. Um, and whether that be, you know, future funk or artistic freedom, which is very yeah, cool.
0: Exactly. You found a way to like expand the the tech death umbrella far enough, wide enough. So that all of your interests are falling underneath the umbrella, but you're still completely underneath the Zenith Passage umbrella, which is amazing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can still be intense and the music can still be like really, you know, highbrow and extreme, but you can also kind of expand on your musical palette and your musical inspiration. And, and that's what we're just trying to do. We're not trying to do like a 180 or do anything, no, exactly. but we're just trying to
0: just an inch at a time. Is there anything that you guys tried that was just too far? That ended up on the cutting room floor because it just didn't fit underneath that Zenith Passage umbrella.
1: There's one song that's on the record that is not Zenith Passage, but it is the Zenith Passage, um, and it's the track eight. It's uh, called Automated Twilight, and it's um, it's a very I don't know how to explain it. It's very like plebeian grandstand ish, uh, and then like also Ishan ish, I guess in a way, and. I don't know. It's kind of its own thing. Funny enough, like we, we actually did reach out to Ishan to have him do a guest no part on way. it. But he, yeah, he, he, he was like so busy that it's oh, hard. Okay, next do. he's going to regret but, that. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, I'm just glad that he responded and knows who we are. That's, That's so the only sweet, thing that matters man. to me. Um, but so I ended up singing on it. So, and I tried to like mimic that Ishan like leprous kind of sound as yeah. much as I could. It's really, really hard to do that. Those guys sing so well. Absolutely. Um, So like, that's the, probably the most different song that we've ever done ever. Uh, and some people might like it. Some people might hate it. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's it's interesting.
0: It's track eight. So it's, you know,
1: yeah, if they make it that far,
0: they're going to be invested enough (laughs) to listen to that one. And, uh, as you were talking, I was like, Oh fuck. Leprous would be a great band for you guys to tour with too. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely like older material. Very, very, very much. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hobsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates. Something that's very, very important for me is talking about mental health. It's um, something that I think that everyone should just face and be open about and discussing, seeing that not everyone is 100% perfect all the time, the way that social media, we reflect ourselves being just the most ideal, perfect lives. And it's not true. So I love to ask how my guests cope with the darkness. What is your tactics? What do you do to face those darknesses? And what do you do to get out into the light if you're ever in the dark?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, the pandemic, you know, hit everyone a certain way and uh, it hit me in a certain way, too. Um, but even prior to the pandemic, I was like not really involved and really stoked on metal music. And I kind of took a step out and kind oh, of really? explored, yeah, different different things on my And Like, did you put your guitar away? or Were you still doing guitar? No, 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 I was still doing guitar, but I was doing more jazz okay, and like, more okay. like more like just kind of really interesting kind of just things that I wouldn't necessarily get that into, uh, musically. So yeah, like a lot of crazy, uh, like future funk, um, I guess Neo soul was what it would be considered. Uh, so I really got involved in that and then just kind of exploring my instrument a little more like harmonically, you know, and, and then doing that, like it kind of, Helped me get out of a dark place, and then uh, even disconnecting from music itself and like my instrument itself, and then just kind of disappearing into the into nature is like a a big thing for me. Uh, like I have to disconnect and be alone because I'm I'm like I can be mildly reclusive sometimes, and I have to have like that alone time and like be able to be okay and discover things about myself in my solitude uh Mm -hmm. and that works for me quite a bit because i'm like an introverted person so i always have to like you know after every social interaction i have to take like a day off (laughs) oh
0: i hope that this this interview is not one of those no 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 no, like this like (laughs) so
1: you know you're on tour dude and you're on tour it's it's never ending everyone it's it's the worst
0: i i love it but it's also the worst it's uh, that's why on tour i disappear yeah every day I, i open my google maps and Either I walk to a bar nowadays, but back in the day, I would walk to the green, whatever the green was on my yeah. Google Maps, and I would go there just to be alone and be with trees. Exactly. So then I, think, I think you're onto something that, that humans, we're not meant to live the way that we live in cities. No. We're not meant to live like this. It's just something that happened through society and civilization, just becoming more and more busy yeah. and more and more evolved. We're meant to grow up the way you grew up on a ranch. Uh, growing yeah. our own food and and living off the land and having space and having quiet and not having a telephone that's constantly just flashing in our face, giving us that dopamine drip, the everlasting oh, scroll. This is all the most negative stuff that's happened in human evolution, I think. So,
1: oh, totally. It's it's everything's on display now. You can't do or say or or feel anything without anyone knowing about it or having an opinion about it, which is kind of frustrating. You definitely went through a whole shitty spiel there that I'm not going to go into, but
0: you definitely have come <laughs> out of it stronger since all of that stuff happened uh, in yeah. your life back in 2018 or something, I want to say. yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where it was very yeah, splashed
0: all across everything, so.
1: Oh, yeah. And like, I feel like just seeing like friends and like friends of friends, like seeing what happens on the internet and it's just like, dude, it's really hard to be on the internet and need to do anything anymore. Like just, it's just like a constant echo chamber and just a battleground for everything so disconnecting and like just saying fuck everything that's on the internet let's just go back to like not doing anything like taking a social media break like putting your phone down like i do this thing well i'll forget my phone at home on purpose so i don't have to look at my phone it's amazing forgetting your phone and like
0: just being free is is a, a good tactic. I need to do that. I need to take it more seriously. Sometimes I do that. I like leave it on the counter and I sit on the couch late at night. When oh, I yeah. typically do all my my spiels. So 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 I, ne- <laughs> I need to, to take it the next level for sure.
1: You know, some people like they have a thing where they don't bring phones in the bedroom. Mm. I have, but I use it
0: as my alarm and I have music on it. I have this whole routine, but I, there's a way that's just me coming up with excuses to watch stuff in bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but isn't it funny though? Like it's like so a part of us like it's it's an augmentation of humanity yet we we hate it mm-hmm. but we have it's like we have to have it isn't it? it's like so interesting it's, to think about it's probably not healthy
0: <laughs> there's going to be studies about this
1: yeah it's also healthy in a sense to where it gets you in a good routine you know there's like quality apps out there That's that true. help you you know like stay in a positive mental state and like help you like develop like good habits but then you can also, you know, fall into the doom scroll. And there's then, there's also untapped that makes you just yeah. sort of want to taste
0: more and more things. I love that app. That's great. I don't do it. I can't do it. I'm too obsessive. If I did it, it would, you guys would see everything <laughs> that I've drank. But <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It's um uh, The connectivity is the main thing that I've gained from the Internet, being so close to everyone despite being so far apart. It's one of the main yeah. reasons the podcast worked, just being able to connect with everyone so easily. So many friends from so many years, just to write a message, set up a conversation, release an up. It's amazing. It's, this is one of them right now. you know. So I think it's yeah, just it's great. so cool. Something that I'm doing right now is a new segment for the past year, since, since January, uh, called Fight the Hops, where I ask my guests a short-term goal, something that they're hoping to accomplish. It could be personal. It could be... Uh, Business wise, it could be career wise, it could be anything, relationship wise, uh, something that you're hoping to accomplish, a small term goal within the next month or two. What are you doing right now to fight the hops?
1: Uh, well, right now I got a lot on my plate, so I'm just trying to achieve, trying to like prioritize and achieve. Things like as they come, uh you know, like as you know, like touring and getting prepped for tours is just is a whole job in itself,
0: especially if you do like the in ears and the tracks and everything, and having to record all the other stuff that like the the things that people we're not supposed to talk about that that we do there it's 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 horribly fun stuff, yeah, which I don't have to do, Christian Donaldson has to do it, but i i i I have him telling me how much work it is. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Chris, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that, that in itself is like a job. And then, you know, having like a full-time job Uh uh, on top of that, uh, and then just trying to, you know, while also combating all the insanity that comes with, you know, being in a death metal band and then working a full-time job while also trying to maintain a relationship that's like very, very difficult to do. Um, and like, you know, everyone has needs and everyone has It needs attention and it's like it's it's really hard to do so like just taking it day by day and as it comes and i've been getting better about making lists and and trying to check lists as it comes and it it, it's pretty cool to see things in a to like write things out and like see it in a physical form i guess and like see it on paper or on your phone and you can be like oh that's not that much shit why am i tripping out like why do i have so much anxiety so that's like, the I mean, insomnia
0: late at night trick that if you're like, ah, yeah. when the deadlines are piling up and you get up in the middle of the yeah. night, you write stuff down and you're like, okay, tomorrow morning, yeah. I, I see you.
1: <laughs> and yeah, it's very exactly. rewarding
0: to go through and like cross out these things. And you're like, oh, I accomplished this today. That's very yeah, exactly cool.
1: Yeah. Even just like with anything in life, i found that is if you just write it out, like even if you don't ever plan on using it, if you just write something out and it gets out of your system. I mean, you already feel better. It's, it's kind of interesting. Like you write, like, I don't know, some people like, like, you know, journaling and shit, but like, that's not really my thing, but I tried it and it's like, wow, I can, I feel better just by writing it. And like, Mm -hmm. I can just throw it away afterwards.
0: My wife uh, throughout the whole pandemic started doing the artist's way. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's this book that started in the nineties and you, it really helped her. Like you write out these pages every morning and you just write, you need to write three pages and you just write whatever's on your mind and then you end, she ended up like focusing and recrafting her whole life by writing pages every morning, but it takes time, but it's, it was amazing, we had time, it was a pandemic, right? So she she like changed careers and it's just amazing and um, started focusing on the projects and stuff such as writing those children's books that we did together. Oh, great. Just Just so cool to to the power of like the human mind is very complex, but just the simple task of writing something out can really help clarify jumbled thoughts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you get lost in the static in your mm-hmm. head, you know, like, and then seeing it contextualized on a physical format allows you to like reflect and be like, oh, maybe it's not as crazy as I think it was. Maybe I can actually do this. Yes. Well, the
0: sky's always the limit, and we should always try our best to just achieve things. And if you write it down to it, it's in the world. It's like if you say it on the podcast. It's in the universe. It might happen. Yeah, exactly. Sigil (laughs) magic, right? I love it. I love collabs. This is not one of them. I almost brought one but i decided to bring this one instead vox and hops has released over 60 to 80 collabs in the past four years i love making collabs I love making beers i love making teas uh you have a kiesel guitar is it a signature guitar is that have have they hooked you up that hard yet so you have a collab in that aspect but if the zenith passage were to make a beer
1: what style of beer would it be and what would you call it uh it's funny we we actually played a, a brewing company uh On our last tour a couple weeks ago, and uh, you have to give you have to give them a shout out. You have to give them who is it? I want to know. Uh, Rabald Brewing, they're in Nevada City. Oh, okay. I don't know them. They make they make really interesting uh, sours. They're called smoothie sours. Oh yeah, they're crazy. Those things so so popular. Yeah yeah yeah. uh, And they make really good. Like they make a quality michelada, which is very hard thing to do, but they do it right. Nice for being in Nevada City. Like that is like sick dude. Cause Nevada city is like way out in like Northeast California, um, near Sacramento. So having a quality michelada of there is sick and an d- awesome brewery and a venue that is like welcoming death metal bands. Like it's like a newer venue, like huge shout out to them. Those guys are so sick. Very cool. Uh, yeah, they're We're on my brilliant. radar now. Yeah, they're sick. Um, quality dudes. Um, so would, you, yeah, would like, you go with the
0: smoothie sour? What would you go with? You're drinking a hazy now.
1: Yeah, I don't really... You know, it's funny. I don't really drink hazies. Like, I I used to be a really big IPA guy, but I don't know. I I think I've just gotten so over that flavor profile. You know, the hoppy, the bitter hop thing. I just kind of... I've been like a cerveza guy now.
0: Yeah. With a nice little Mexican lager.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. They're so good. Like, I, I guess that's why, like, I would... If I were to do, like, a a Zenith one, it would probably be, like, a Mexican lager type with lime and salt. Hell, yes.
0: Let's do it. Let's find someone. I like it. Hell, yeah, dude. One last question. Classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. It probably doesn't happen to you very often, but every once in a while it
1: happens to everyone. What is
0: your hangover cure? (laughs) Uh,
1: My hangover cure is Pedialyte and Taco Bell. Hell, yes.
0: That sounds like a... a an Alexander Kendrick trick but <laughs> 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 it works people it gets to it gets stuff out Justin thank you so so much for taking the time hanging out with me talking about your life talking about music talking about craft beer uh, that Elysium's coming out very soon July 21st Metal Blade Records it's, uh, it's a banger it's it sounds like it's going to be really interesting and I can't wait to uh, totally dig in and enjoy the whole record I can't wait to hang out with you soon Justin thank you so so much this has been great I'm happy that we connected six years After hanging out last time, I truly appreciate it. Yeah, dude, cheers. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome conversation. I am so damn stoked that I reconnected with Justin after all these years. I am very happy that I was watching the video for Alexa Contagion and decided to hit Justin up so that we could have this chat. What an amazing approach to tech death they have bringing to the table on this brand new album, Dead Elysium, which is coming out this Friday, July 21st. Go check it out, people. It's fresh. It's experimental. They are pushing the boundaries of what tech death is, and I freaking love that. Massive thanks to you, Justin, for hanging out with me. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to hang out face to face real soon. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox & Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. And you'll get to see which albums the Vox & Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, as well as the brand new albums that have been added to the brew. Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' metal architect. Jerry goes out and listens to everything and puts the best brand new extreme music all on the Brutal Awakenings playlist for our listening pleasure. It's available on both Apple Music and Spotify, and if you are ever looking for something new to listen to, trust me, the Brutal Awakenings playlist will have you covered. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list the vox and hops metal podcast is brought to you by sound talent media and evergreen podcasts i hope you have a killer rest of the week i will be back next week with two episodes the final two episodes before i take a month-long break in august but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops hits hey everyone this is tuck from fit for a king an off-road minivan